Hello, and welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Carrie Donahue, in for Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Friday, September 2nd, and we're here updating whenever there's news all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. In a primetime speech last night at Philadelphia's Independence Hall, President Biden warned against the looming threat to democracy. The White House says it wasn't a political event, but Biden didn't just call out Donald Trump by name. He also took aim at MAGA Republicans who represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Urging Americans to vote, the president pointed to the rise of political violence as an imminent danger. They don't understand what every patriotic American knows. You can't love your country only when you win. Futures markets are flat this morning as investors await the August jobs report. Officials at the Federal Reserve are hoping to see a slowdown in hiring ahead of this month's meeting. But we'll see. Bloomberg is predicting the economy to have added more than 300,000 jobs, a drop from July, but still strong, and unemployment's expected to stay at 3.5%. A Marine veteran and retired New York City police officer has received the longest sentence yet for a January 6th defendant. Thomas Webster, who's in his mid-50s, will spend a decade in prison for threatening a D.C. police officer first with a Marine Corps flagpole and then by assaulting and choking the officer as he ripped off his gas mask. Webster claimed self-defense at trial, but at his sentencing said he wished the horrible day had never happened. A federal labor official just handed Amazon a major loss in its war against unions. Here's what happened. In the spring, a warehouse in Staten Island voted to form the company's first union. Amazon filed an appeal claiming the union organizers improperly swayed the vote. The labor official sided with the union, rejecting Amazon's appeal in its entirety, and the NLRB is expected to follow suit. The Amazon Labor Union hopes to carry this momentum upstate, where organizers at an Albany facility have collected enough votes for another election. Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz is stepping down again. This time, the top job is going to a former PepsiCo and Reckitt senior executive named Laxman Narasimhan. He'll start next April and is taking the helm as Starbucks is dealing with increasing competition, ongoing supply chain issues, and a growing push from its employees to unionize. Get this. The James Webb Telescope has captured the first ever direct image of a planet outside our solar system. Astronomers have given the exoplanet the very sexy name of HIP 65426b. It's around 15 to 20 million years old, just a little baby compared to Earth's four and a half billion years. Honestly, the picture looks a little like something out of a vintage arcade Space Invaders, but this is still a major accomplishment, not just for the brand new telescope, but for astronomy in general. Did you know you can share any of our segments on social media? Just look in the description section on your podcast app and you'll see a little share link next to each story. It's super easy. Give it a try. Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens. So check back whenever you want to know the latest. Behind every celebrity, there's a hardworking, exhausted assistant. 
Sona Mufsesian, Conan O'Brien's assistant, isn't one of them. By her own admission, Sona naps on the job, talks back, and expenses things she probably shouldn't. But there are times when I want to, like, poison your food, or <laughs> where I want to, I really think about ways to kill you yeah. slowly. Yeah, yeah. I think that there is a mental block I have about helping him because she has a mental block against helping me. She's my assistant. And after more than a decade on the job, Sona has written a book called The World's Worst Assistant about her unusual boss-employer relationship. And you can also hear her alongside Conan in the podcast Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And she's also here today. Hey, Sona. Hello. You had been an intern and then a page at NBC before you started working for Conan in 2009. Right. And you've said that at first you were totally professional and buttoned up, but then things shifted a few months in. Uh, what was the moment your relationship with Conan changed? I think the joke that kind of ruined us was I was talking on the phone with my grandma. And when I hung up, he was like, what was that? It sounded like you were arguing with Dracula. And I think that a lot of people would listen to what he said and be like, how, sir, how dare you insult my Armenian heritage? But I thought it was funny. So I started laughing. And I think he was like, OK, this is the type of person who will laugh at those kinds of jokes. And I was like, this is the kind of person who will make those kind of jokes. So I think we both just encouraged it. So it's part his fault, too. It's not just all me. <laughs> I think everyone's looking at me like, how did you lose your professionalism? I'm like, I work for I work for a comedian. How did he never had it? So he set the tone. So now you say Conan lets you get away with a lot. Your book is even titled The World's Worst Assistant. So how would you describe your work ethic? Um, I, I do regular things for Conan, of course, you know, keeping his schedule was a big part of my job and sort of being a gatekeeper between him and the rest of the staff when we had a show was a big part of my job. But there was so much downtime. Most people would be proactive and find other things to do d during those moments of downtime. I was not that person. I was not, hmm, let me make more work for myself. I was like, oh, I did the work I needed to do. So now this is my break time. So I'm going to watch 12 episodes of Schitt's Creek or, you know, I'm going <laughs> to, I did what I needed to do. So now I'm just going to watch a full movie. I'll watch, you know, the Godfather trilogy right now. <laughs> just a quick break. So some listeners might not be familiar with the dynamic between you and Conan, but he started bringing you on air for his bits on his show on TBS many years ago. Please welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Sona Movsesian. And then you're a personality on the podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And you said this before, you don't have any aspirations of being on camera or becoming the next Conan. You've said that if it all ended tomorrow, you would be fine. Yeah. Do you think this outlook is part of your personality or have you cultivated this style of healthy detachment? I think it's survival. So I think that if it's really important for me and my sanity just to say this isn't something I sought out. It's fun. It's really, really fun right now to, to just do these things that other people get to watch and listen to. But it can all go away tomorrow. And I, I do have to mentally make myself OK with that. I'm riding Conan's coattails and one day he's going to, 
you know, he's going to retire or, you know, what if he gets abducted by aliens? I can't, (laughs) you know, I need to have a contingency plan. I need to be okay with just going back to obscurity and, and being okay with that. The press right now can't get enough of the concept of quiet quitting, which is basically a term for not working yourself to death. And I think the way you talk about ambition or specifically about getting off the ambition bandwagon feels just very timely. Mm. So how do you feel about your relationship to your job right now? I love my job very much. I love working for Conan. And the reason I like it is because I work for someone who respects me. I work for someone who compensates me properly. I work for somebody who listens to me. Mm. And I think that uh, a lot of these people who are quietly quitting are saying, I don't need to kill myself for this job, especially if they're not feeling respect or they're not feeling like they're properly compensated or they're feeling like they're not being listened to. I think that if you want somebody to do something and if it's not part of the job requirement or job description, then you shouldn't expect them to have to go above and beyond if they don't want to. So for any overworked and overly ambitious millennial out there listening right now, any career advice? Um, There are people who will always be very work minded, who will always give 150 percent. And there's going to be people who aren't those, you know, 150 percenters. There's, you know, 60 percenters or 70 percenters or even less in my case. So I think that they (laughs) I think they need to just be okay with that. I realized very early on, I'm just going to be mediocre And that's totally fine with me. Most people are mediocre. And hopefully you'll find someone like Conan O'Brien who'll be like, that'll do. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Find somebody extraordinary to work for and then be mediocre. (laughs) What awful information I'm giving out. What a terrible piece of advice. I love it. Sona, (laughs) thank you so much for talking with us at The Refresh. (laughs) Thanks, Rebecca. This was so nice. Thank you so much. Sona Movsesian is the New York Times bestselling author of The World's Worst Assistant. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and us, Rebecca Ibarra. And Carrie Donahue. I'm the executive producer. Andy Bowers is the head of audio at Insider. And we had extra help this week from Rob Gunther and Dan Gooding. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. 